Coming up in this episode of the KickCast, the Silk wants to get your circadian rhythm in sync, a way to immortalize the truffle shuffle, and internet on your phone without a data connection? Yep, it's possible. So sit back and relax. It's time for the KickCast. Hey everybody, it is time for another episode of the KickCast, the podcast where we go out and find cool projects and let you know if you should backtrack or sack them. I am KT Data, one half of the show, and joining me is a newly Best in Choreography awarded Aww. filmmaker, the one and only Drew Tyler. How are you doing today, Drew? Very good, very good. I had nothing to do with the choreography, by the way. In fact, uh, I was the one complaining about it the whole time, so I'm glad you, we won that. Are you, are you? Oh, man, I was going to ask for you to like, you know, do some no. live demos of this award-winning choreography. No, it was awesome. I'll tell you, the, the choreography was stellar on this on this show. We, for those of you who don't know, 48-hour film festival competed in uh, two weeks ago. We talked about it. I think right before I did the competition, we drew a musical, and so we made this awesome seven-minute musical. Twitch, we could link that in the show notes because I can share it now. It was awesome. It's fun for 48 hours, and we had hoped to win more awards. But what we did win essentially was best choreography out of 32 films, of which. I think we were the only ones with any sort of choreography. <laughs> but we had an awesome choreographer. He came in and it was musical theater to like to the T. We did musical like Broadway style theater. So we had people swinging and swishing their arms and rolling around and also it was it was a blast. So um my complaint was we would sit there and 48 hours you don't have a whole lot of time to shoot or do anything, but I would sit there and wait for a couple of the lead characters to get their steps right and I walked away and played on the PlayStation for like 45 minutes while they learned to dance thinking, okay, well I'll come back and I'll shoot it as soon as they're ready. So I stepped in as soon as they were done. And, uh, you know, I was on playback for some of it. The dance was seven seconds or less. Like it was six <laughs> steps maybe. And it took them 45 minutes to even get to that point. You'll, you'll watch it. Three guys do this little cowboy dance and I watched them actually tape it. And they're like, okay, we got it. I was like, that's it. That's what I waited for. And of course, in the edit, it didn't even matter because we put three or four shots, and it didn't matter if they knew how to do it or not. Anyway, I don't, I don't know. I, th- I I thought it was amazing, and I I thought it was you know it's fun. Very brave of you guys to use um, HDV tape. Uh, <laughs> that in and it of itself is. A- <laughs> yes, we shot on mini DV. I mean, Insane. I, I mean, you actually got sleep this time around too, which is a new thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. I did pretty I'm, good. I'm just telling you, next year you can borrow the GH4. Next year, because uh, this is our ninth year, next year, I think I'm going solo with Bean. Me and my... What? My eight. Yep, I think we're going to do it by ourselves. You're not even going to do the full team on the for your 10th anniversary? You're just like, nope. I'm, going, I'm going indie? Yep, this, <laughs> this, one, this one musical is all we've been waiting for, so I think, I think we're out. Oh, wow. Well, then maybe you will use the GH4. Maybe I will. Maybe I will. In fact, you know what? I may want to talk to you about that later. Right. Something else. Something else. All right, perfect. All right, so guys, um, first of all, if you first time watching the show, welcome. Thank you for joining us on episode seventy. Seriously, dude, seventy episodes. Um, that's insane. I think are we in our third or fourth year? I don't know. It's all blending together. Uh, if you do the math, I think we're cl- we're pushing like the ha- it's middle of the fourth, right? Twenty six episodes yeah. a year. Twenty six. Wow. Yeah, pushing on the third. It's it's, it's kind of crazy on there. So, but. 
Um, first, welcome, guys. And, you know, before we actually go into these projects, we like to cover some news. And today, for the first time ever in KitCast history, we actually have a balanced number of news articles on <laughs> our two top crowdfunding sites. So... How about we? How about we get into this? Okay, so let's Newsy. first let's first start out with Indiegogo. You you know them, right? Indiegogo. I do. I do. On there, did you know that they have reported that users have raised over five hundred million dollars on their site? That's insane. Uh, well, that's pretty cool. That's insane on there. But it's actually the funny thing is the news article actually has that as the title. But I what I thought was more interesting in this article right here is actually they're talking about Indiegogo finally changing their um, fee structure because currently right now on their site you get charged between four to nine percent depending on if you're doing a fixed funding or if you're doing a flexible funding on there i think they take more nine, flexible nine, i was say nine percent is pretty steep yeah and then plus the credit card fees which range from two to five percent on top of that or three to five percent on that um and uh, i the credit card fees i get because they don't control that that's the credit card companies right. do that on right. so starting july 15th indiegogo is actually switching to five percent so no matter if you do the fixed funding or the flexible funding, it is all going to be five percent plus your credit card fees because they have no control over that. So if you're, it's a good deal. That's a good deal. I actually like it because um, I think it now even makes it less different on where you should go, Kickstarter or Indiegogo, on there. So it kind of brings them up to par on there because people always ask me, but I'm still a little more biased to Kickstarter because I've gotten burnt more times on Indiegogo than I have mm-hmm. on Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. So, you, and you are pervasive in both like you are yes. uh, willing and dealing yes i think i looked at my indiegogo backing record and out of like the four or five things i backed on indiegogo i've gotten one or two of them mm, not good yeah on there and one of them being costing me a thousand dollars which the guy's supposed to ship to me um, <laughs> on there okay so for our second news again it's about indiegogo um, they're actually pushing out new tools and Kickstarter just recently did this and I don't know why they didn't do this sooner on there but they're introducing new shipping tools for your perks because remember in the early days of crowdfunding Drew you'd read the description and then you'd read your oh. perk and it said please add $10 for shipping or something right. and then you'd, you'd have, have to do it yourself to, yeah you'd have to manually do it and I always hated that mm-hmm. and it, it honestly got to a point especially on Indiegogo where people would add a, another um, perk tier just for shipping that people could yep. just pledge on there to make it. So now um, Indiegogo has introduced their new tier where you can actually go into each of your perks on their setup. Well, not only you can set up the shipping fees, you can even set up the countries where you want. So you can actually just yeah. do specific countries, regions, or just you know worldwide and everywhere in the world on there. So you you have a good like granular control of it so you don't have to go you know especially in europe you don't have to go put in every single european country you can you know put that in like that so that's nice and it is already live so if you're on indiegogo uh setting up your indiegogo campaign you should be ready to go and they take the money um when they when the person contributes so it's not like they get they get charged an extra 10 bucks later or anything um so i think that is a you know another great tool for people who are thinking going on Indiegogo, and I like I, I, I just don't know why it took them so long to do that. To be honest, but was that, that hard to code, or they have anything? <laughs> I, I don't know. It doesn't yeah? I'm with you. Yeah. All right, and then one quick new two two pieces of news from Kickstarter. This first one's a quick one. Um, if you live in Austria, Belgium, Italy, Luxembourg, or Switzerland, you are now able to start your own Kickstarter hey! projects on there. So welcome, welcome, welcome to the family. Yep. Uh, that news used to be bigger, but I mean they're adding countries left and right now. Okay. Yes, makes sense. So, 
this is the one that I wanted to cover, especially for people who are um, looking to start their projects, thinking on what to do. Um, on the Kickstarter blog, they actually have a guest post that tells you how, why is it why it, it is important to keep updating your backers on there. Ah, um, and the one you, we and we talk about that. We we know that's important. Yeah, so they actually I, had somebody come write about it. Huh? Yeah, it's very important. And um, Dave uh, Latouri, sorry, Dave, if I said your name wrong. Latouri. Um, they've they've had you know I think they've done like eight projects six projects by their own self and they've helped out with 10 other projects so they know like this is not a one-off they've done a lot of these things and i like this line that the, um dave put in his article updates are an important um component of the product you're creating so it's not an afterthought it should be part of what you're actually putting together when you put together your um, crowdfunding project um and then he, you know, he gives you suggestions on what you can do. So, you know, normally, you know, you can do the obvious ones like the thank yous, the shipping updates. Those are really important to keep people in contact. Um, other ideas are like origin stories. So say you have an old sketch of the design, like a version 1.0 you had on a napkin. Scan that and send that in. People will like seeing that. I love that stuff. Um, you know, you have prototypes, tests, and failures. Put those into um, how it works, you know, the bits and pieces of stuff. And... Those those are the things, and what I like about it is, is, like, even if it seems like a little thing to you, keep in mind you are the subject expert on whatever you're doing. So providing even what seems like just like a basic thing to you to your funders, it goes a long way because they don't know a lot of this, and just seeing a little bit of that also helps. Um, and uh, he says, depending on your project, how how often you update should you know you should tailor to your crowd. But he said you should at least do it once a week. Which I I think it's not bad is doing it once. No, that's not that's not bad. That's not bad. I was gonna say there are some that that I've had that go a little too often with the updates, and then there are some that are just right. The one that I'm really enjoying right now that's doing it just right for me is the the guy that we talked about a couple of shows back did ink sketches for a buck, and I kind of remember that one. It kind of mm-hmm. blew out of the water, and he ended up getting tons. He does these perfect. Uh, it might be once a week, once every nine or ten days. But he has samples of some of the things he's drawn. He tells us, you know, what's going on with things because he got so many responses. He's, he's always a scaling like, issue. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, but everybody's totally understanding, and they're like, "Yeah, it's cool. I'll get it when you get it." But the fact that he keeps updating and sharing some of the pictures, everybody's just getting more amped and excited about theirs when it comes. So I, lo- I love him on updates. He's doing really good. Another one that I just really enjoyed update wise was I backed De La Soul. I'm a big fan of De La, and uh, they did a really quick update where they just pop the phone around during one of the recording sessions and there's like hey it's a new jam this is what we're working on right now for this and uh thanks for being a you know backers thanks for the things that you've done and that was just quick and easy and they've done uh, one of those since it's closed and i i hope to get more of that sampling i i think it's a key thing to keep people like in the know yeah um i, I think it's great uh the funny thing is the last two video game projects i just backed are doing some of the best job i've ever seen with backer updates um you know the um what is it the bloodborne right yeah bloodborne they 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 still keep updating um left and right on there and the um uh send movie or shen movie why can't i know is doing is doing they're doing they, updates they, they, they pretty much update every day on there which is you know it, it shows you how is invested it? they are because there's a little controversy about it since they're not taking all the crowdfunding money or not not only the crowdfunding money, but they're getting outside investments to help build the game too. So people are like, mm-hmm. why'd you come to crowdfunding on there? Um, and it's kind of like the Veronica Mars 
of, of video games right now is they needed to I, get the $2 million to be able to get the money from the other investors to show that people were interested on there. But the anything they're going above now is going straight into the development of the game plus any um, additional things. Because keep in mind, the original Shenmue games cost uh, like $54 million and like seventy. They they cost a, and the sequel wow, was really like one hundred twenty something million dollars to put together. Put together, yeah. whoa! Keep in mind, this was early days, and this is literally one of the first pioneers of an open world RPG. Right, um, right, right. On there, so that you know that's where they're getting money. But they do good updates. The like one day they'll post up an update about a, the voice actor for one of the old guys, and another day they're like, "Hey, we're going to do an AMA on on Reddit and stuff." So keeping updated, I think, is a very important thing. Especially after you funded, so you don't look like you just ran off with everybody's money. Right, right. right. That does make sense. Because one of the ones that actually annoys me the most is the one on Indiegogo that I actually backed a thousand dollars for. The dude updates like once every two months, and he gives Uh, the exact same excuses over and over. And if you actually uh, look at his page, well, prior to he's doing something sneaky where he's pruning off people asking for updates. Um, But they were people were asking for updates left and right. On there, so. well, yeah, they should because yeah. they probably give them quite a bit of money, and it's been this one been like a year and a half it's or more. Almost, like, yeah, it's, it's almost two years now. It's ridiculous. It's, late. it's ridiculous. It's time to yep. back out. Yeah. All right, so let's go on to some projects on here, and so We've got you, some shows. Do Do you ever have this problem where you have a hard time going to sleep at night or having a hard time waking up? Waking up is my hard thing. I have no problem going to sleep because I usually just play until I'm sleepwalking in my video games. Mm-hmm. That's like that's my nightly ritual nowadays. But waking up yep. is hard. So you've probably heard about these news saying that the, your computer monitor is causing people to mm-hmm. have bad sleep cycles and stuff. And the, the blue light, the, the, they the blue call light it. on there. So um, first of all, not only do your computer monitors do it, LEDs tend to do it too on mm-hmm. there. So and of course, we're all switching to LED bulbs now from the CFLs. I mean, the studio right now, I'm using LED bulbs mm-hmm. on there, and so. Um, Saffron decided to come out with a project called the Silk. And the Silk is actually a light bulb, an LED light bulb, that actually changes its color temperature during the day. So um, we mentioned this before. Color temperature is how um, the color of the light that you're seeing. So if you see that blue light, that's closer to a 5400 or a daylight um, balance. So it feels like the middle of the day. So that's why when you're looking at your computer in the middle of the night, your body thinks... That it's the middle of the day because it's seeing that blue light on there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then more of your, like, you know, that golden feel that you get is closer to 2,700 Kelvins on there um, right. between that spectrum. So, what the silk does is, depending on what time of day, it's going to show closer to 5,400 Kelvin if it's, say, around noon. But if it's like six, seven at night, it's going to start slowly shifting over. So, it doesn't like just switch between the two, it just does a graduation between all of them. All right, and that what what that does is actually helps sync your circadian cycle, because um, your body is actually running on the schedule, and it uses light. So before we had normal lights, it used the sun to tell mm. what time you know what time of day it is, and that's how it kind of regulates what kind of chemicals and whatnot lets it lets out in his body. Um, so if it doesn't know it's night, it tends not to release out melatonin, so you have a hard time sleeping on there. And then if it thinks it's closer to night you have a hard time waking up because it doesn't know it's day yet so what it does um since your light bulb is on for you know good half half day and sometimes yeah. in an office all day um it helps kind of keep you from getting that thrown off um the actual pro what what it comes with is a light bulb and then a um hub 
on there and then so you can see the light bulb right here that screws into your normal um light bulb socket you set up the hub with your wi-fi and you are good to go on there and say if you if um it, it does everything else automatically but say you know you're like oh it's too blue right now I, I want it to be a little bit more warm on there you can actually log in with your smartphone app and control it from there or this one I think is great is you can actually use your light switch and flip it on and off using a predetermined pattern to actually change the behavior of the light bulb on there. So oh, you, so you, if you like, chick, 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 yeah. chick, chick. So if you want to just turn it off, Morse you just, code that you just thing. Do one switch. But if you want a little bit more blue light, you just flip it twice real quick, and then it'll go a little bit more blue. And then if you want to, um, if you want it to dim slowly, you just flip it three times, and it'll just slowly dim for you. <laughs> I would love that. Is, is that not cool? And that means you don't have to install any wires. You don't need to find your phone. It's just your normal light switch that you're already familiar with. I love. Um, I love this idea. Um, and you can actually control, like, like in the app itself, you can start putting recipes together and control exactly. So you know, if you're really super nerdy and you're like, well, I like to have my lights exactly at forty three thousand kelvins, you can actually do it in this app. <laughs> Which is kind of, kind of you, you need help if that's what you're doing. You need some help, but you can. You can do it. You can do it. Yeah. Um. I don't know. So what, what do you what do you think about this, Drew? Does Does this sound like it fills a need that you may have? I, to... It well, it's, <laughs> wholesomely the inside of my soul, I feel like yeah, this sounds hippieish and right. Right. I, I'm gonna try and avoid the blue lights. I want to be nice and calm and wake up in the 2700s and go to sleep in 2700. But at the same time, the hip, cool, jivey kind of guy inside of me says, "I want to be able to turn on disco mode. I, you know, I want more than just. I don't. I don't know. And it's probably because it's. I don't. I, if you're LED, can you not also give me some options for like purple and green? Maybe, I guess. I, maybe on like the next version of this on there. Well, I mean, see, so that's the thing. Is like those those exist, and I can go get a hue from Philips and play with the lights. But that gets yeah, but really for, expensive. But for one hue, you can get three of these right? bulbs in a bulb. And so that I guess that's what I don't get. Like, is it, it I, maybe this LED is not able to do more than just one kind of light color? You know what I mean? Like, it's it goes blue and orange. Yeah, I feel like it, it probably only has yeah. the two, the blue and the orange LED, because you actually have to have multiple LEDs yeah. to fit on the circuit board. So make throw throw one more in there and give me my disco ball. <laughs> um, for me, it's a track. I'll watch. I'll watch this one go. I, I think pricing is right. Three bulbs plus the app for ninety nine uh, is a great back. You know, it's a great level to back at. Um, extra bulbs at twenty five bucks. I mean, that's almost I pay for an LED as it is about fifteen. So that's that's not bad. They've got a lot of traction already. Two hundred three backers, uh, almost uh, what fifteen thousand. So they're about a, a little over a tenth of the way there. Fifteen percent of the way to their goal. I think they're on the right track. Yeah, um, for me, I it, for me it's back. I like it. The only problem is, um, I'm not at home a lot. That's true. That's true. <laughs> so that's that's one of the problems. And the other problem is, I'm under 5,400 Kelvin lights a lot oh, too. Because yeah, I'm in the studio, and the studio actually the camera I'm using actually balances better with daylight, closer to daylight colored lights. So, yeah, I'm usually having this, so that's already screwing up my sleep cycle. But maybe I can yeah. stick them in and then, like, mid-show, like, recolor balance all the time. That's <laughs> not going to get annoying at all, right? <laughs> no, that would be painful. No, everything's daylight balanced. Uh, 
All right. TV people. Yeah. All right. So that is the silk. And our next project is going to take us down memory lane. Oh, and way, I, way down. And I didn't even know that it's been 30 years on our next, yeah. on our next project, Drew. So like, true. take everybody it, 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 through this journey. We all remember the Truffle Shuffle. We remember Sloth. We remember the big, giant pirate ship. All the jewels. Remember that part where Mouth fills his <laughs> mouth full of all of the jewels? And they're like, well, you've got quiet all of a sudden. And it turns out he's got all the all these pearls and stuff shoved in his mouth. <laughs> Talking about Goonies, of course. What a wonderful, fantastic show. I can't remember how many times I watched that. Because I could only watch it when I went over to my cousin's house. Because we didn't have like cable-type TV. So when it was on... I would schedule my playtime. Like I would look through their little catalog and be like, okay, tomorrow at three o'clock, the next day at four o'clock. Like I would go and watch every chance I got. <laughs> Love the Goonies. So here's a project that I think is totally unique, wild and crazy. And I want to see it happen. So we're giving it a little kick. They just launched this beautiful idea and they want to make a Goonies statue out of old Goonies DVDs. So the way they kind of pitch this out is basically, we see a lot of extra Goonie DVDs at the at the uh, <laughs> like Smiths and at the Fresh Market. You see yeah. the DVDs sitting there in that like dollar bin, and so this uh, I don't know if it's a team or if it's a single guy, but they basically want to raise money to buy all the Goonie DVDs that they could possibly buy <laughs> and make a statue out of the DVDs. I for some reason want this to happen. I right? don't know just, why. It needs to happen. I mean. A statue? Those, yeah. Uh, You've never seen it? Now I want to see it. So it's a it's a great idea. He says he says this, I love this. He's like, well, it may sound like a funny Kickstarter campaign, and it, and it is, but the next time you go to the store and you see 20 of those Goonie DVDs just sitting there on the shelf collecting dust, I want you to think, wouldn't you rather <laughs> see those being made into a glorious Goonie statue? Uh, yes, yeah, yes, I would. My question is, what, the, what is the statue going to look like? He doesn't have like a sketch or anything. He doesn't. He doesn't. And I think if one of the reward levels or several of the reward levels is um, you get to send an idea. So you send him a dollar, he'll give you a virtual thanks and a hug. Put your name somewhere on the statue, and you get to send him one idea for what the statue will be. So I think that's kind of an okay thing to say. I want to make a statue. I don't know of what. We'll see how many of these we get and who, you know, backs. He's aiming for $500, which $500, you could probably buy 500 Goonies DVDs without tax. Yeah, <laughs> make something about this size. I I think contributing to it and just knowing that it would be you know out there somewhere would be good enough for me. Like I think that would be just fine. Uh, for some of the rewards, you can get a digital picture, and uh, I I don't know. I, this is a this is a project that that needs a little sharing and it needs a little bit of love. So for me, it's a back, and I will be throwing some money because. I think it's a great idea. Oh, I didn't see this, but his pledge, the $1,000 tier, you get the statue. Oh, all right. Who, huh? who, who wants to go in with me to drop $1,000? we are we are going to have it right next to the uh, 8-bit we'll light. Put it in the, yeah, we'll put it in the studio. <laughs> we will, this will become a studio set piece. It'll just be right next to the 8-bit light. I will move this headphone. <laughs> <laughs> I will move a headphone, guys. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. <laughs> the video, the video on this page is awesome too. It's just playing like Sarah McLaughlin's sad songs <laughs> yeah. while while Goonie DVDs are like burning in a fire or hanging in a tree. And it's like, oh, I would much rather see that be something. So, 
Uh, that's me. That's my that's my back for the night. I love the make a Goonie statue project. Oh, I I, I love it. Um, all right. So our, our next project on there, and it and might I say this third project was fan voted, and it was very heated on which project was going to be picked. This one by one vote, and the fact that the other one got funded. Um, <laughs> on there. So Drew, have you ever had this problem? You're out traveling, mm. and then especially out of the country, your data connection is really spotty on there. Or it's, you know, if you're out of the country, it's like $100 per megabyte or something like that um, out there. So it's ridiculously expensive to do that, but you needed to look something up. I, I, ha- I have, I've done know. that, yep. So you're yep. like searching for a Wi-Fi network, hoping that no one's going to steal your identity and stuff, right? So our project here, the SoBleep, is attempting to solve this problem um, so, so bleep. Pretty much, they're go- you're going to get internet on your phone without actually having a data connection on there. Okay. Mm. So, mm. Well, what it does is it's it's, it's sort of uh, you have to have an SMS connection. Though. That's the thing. Um, so, what it does is there's an app on the so bleep where you actually put together a syntax in 140 characters that you send to the so bleep servers using their default number. On there, and then from there, their server interprets what is written in the text, and then goes and Google's information, and then sends it back, and then you get a text with the information that you need. All there. Oh, wow. so having no data, no data access, you can still set, basically get a service to do the search for you, yeah. or figure something out, and send it back. So um, on there. So as long as you have an SMS, you're going to get an answer, and so this is kind of what you would see on your phone right there. Um, you see the telephone of the place, you see how far the walk is and then, you know, where a place to park and everything. So this is hmm. the information you get via, um, SMS and they're not storing any of the information. So anytime you send that query, they actually actively go search Google for your answer and then bring it back on there. So some of the things that you can actually search for are, um, points of interest near a specific location, walking directions. You can translate text. Um, get the weather forecast, search Wikipedia, get stock quotes, and local emergency numbers on there. Hmm. So there's a little catch, though. Depending on, um, there's in-app currency on there to create these queries on there, which they call bleeps. And depending on the kind of search you're doing, it costs different amounts of bleeps. And of course, you know, the more bleeps you buy, the less cost per bleep thing on there. Um, and so what this, and this is actually an app already on iOS, Oh. And what they're trying to do is actually get an Android and a Windows phone version out. Oh. That's partly why they're running. Okay, I, there's plenty of bleeps mm-hmm. well, on my phone. I bleep. I'm bleeping <laughs> stuff all the time. I mean, I just lots of bleeps in my day. I don't have a allotment really of how many bleeps, but so this bleep. Why would they so? Why bleep? Um, that, I, yeah, that I, works. I don't. I like the idea of this, but I do not like the microtransaction portion of this. <sighs> Yeah, it seems like it should be like just a service that's offered. Uh, yeah, exactly. Without the micro transition, there's got to be another way to fund yeah, it. Yeah, because what what happens is you're paying for an SMS um, on there. It's not bad if you have an unlimited plan, but if you're out of the country, you could be paying like twenty five cents per SMS or something like that. Then you got to pay for the price of the bleep, and you know, depending on where you're going and how many bleeps you use and how many searches you do. Um, it might end up being the same price as just buying a data plan out of the country. Right, right. 
Yeah. So, so uh, yeah, Laser Norm says it seems weird that they're assuming you have GSM coverage and no data. What the the aim of this is they're assuming that you're going to be roaming on your data. So usually when you're out of the country, um, turn off your data roaming. Yeah, so yeah. You don't want to pay like three gazillion dollars because it is like literally three gazillion dollars when you go out of country for most of these carriers a lot. on there. A lot. On there. So that's kind of their idea on there. But yeah, the microtransactions is totally what turned me off on this. I'm like, this is actually a pretty interesting idea. Um, on there, but just right when I saw the microtransaction, I'm like, mm, on there. So I don't know. What do you think about this, Drew? That's kind of where I'm at. I think, first of all, the I don't understand what the bleep is. I mean, maybe it's, it's a UK thing. I don't know, yeah. but I don't love the name. But um, I don't know. It seems like a, a good, solid idea. The fact that they have an iOS app going uh, means that they, they either have some funding or this is somebody's like passionate project. It's been launched for, I don't know, probably a, a, a week or two. I don't know. Does this look like a 60-day project? It's hard to see. Um, it launched, yeah, about a week ago. About a week ago. They've only got three backers at $100. And it tells me that either either this is like a side avenue of them trying to find some traction or... Yeah, so they, they actually mentioned that they do work for large corporations, and this is kind of a side thing. Um, okay, so, so, so it's just like a project that somebody's loving. I like the design. I'll give you that. I do like the, the UI. The design's kind of clean and fun and simple. I'm with you. It's kind of. I'm not sure the model, the business model, is what I could get behind. So I'll track it. I'll watch where it goes. But I'm. I'm not climbing on board this train. Yeah, for me, for me, it's a track too. And LaserNorm even says it's like it might just be cheaper to go get a prepaid phone from where you are. Um, on there. Okay. Right. Right. So and that was the so bleep. And then, of course, the last thing, which I I don't know, people probably wait for this, is the sack of the week. And there's so many to choose uh, from. Oh, yeah. This, this was tough on there, but we decided to um, do this. So, Drew, have you ever had a, you know, the situation where, like, man, that is a really good idea. Um, I should do that. But then you'd never do it, right? I, all the time. I, I, I'll, I get ideas a couple of times a day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, this project is called the Startup Coin. And on one side of it, is pretty much a picture of people holding out money. So that's like the go do it. And then on the other side is the try again side. So essentially you just flip the coin until you get to the money side and it forces you to go do it. It makes a decision for you so that if you haven't, if you want to, if you want to see if an idea is viable, you flip the coin, right? Comes up heads. You're like, all right, I'm going for it. If it comes up, try again. At least it's encouraging you to think more. At I guess. least I think that's the point of the coin, but I'm not sure because <laughs> this is this, this the subtitle. Flip the startup coin, and when it's in the air, you'll know what side you're hoping for. Um, okay. On there. Oh. Uh, oh. It's making up my mind for me. Yeah. and, and it's, it, a pretty, it's a pretty coin. Yeah, it's a pretty coin. Um, I think I'd like but, to have one just because it's a pretty coin. It'd be kind of fun. Yeah, but I, I just, I this pro, you know... This project didn't, does not do a good job in describing on what the purpose of this coin is at all. It's, like, it looks like it's not quite English. Like, I decided to make this coin after I run several failed startups, so it is a totem just to be sure if the next trial will be successful or not. So grammatically, it's like missing a few things, but perhaps it's a funny thing. I, th- I think. I mean, I think it's yeah. just kind of a humorous. Like, I know, I know, I know it's humorous, but I mean, like, even the project might be. I don't know. Laser Norm says this will be awesome right until you listen to the coin more than your wife. <laughs> <laughs> but honey, the coin. The coin just head. said, "Try again." 
I'm selling everything and we're moving to Texas to to start up a food truck. Yeah, I I mean it doesn't give you any like his story's kind of weak. It doesn't you know approach you. He wants 500 bucks on there. It, I mean that seems He does have a picture of the of the coin. Yeah, that's he's, a big... he's that on there. Um Pretty. but I just I don't know. I don't see the need for this and the project again just seems thrown together. Um and so that is why it is, that is the sack of the week on there. Um, all right, Drew. I don't know where the time goes, but that is the end of another episode <laughs> of of the KitCast on there. Um, for all you people watching live, um, sorry that we didn't record on a normal day, but Drew was busy winning awards because he's famous and stuff like that, you know, and all the cool things, right? Sorry, um, sorry. <laughs> on there, so. cheesy award on there but you know no i'm i'm excited on this so if you do watch live our next episode's going to be um july 7th unless you are, have a surprise party for randall um <laughs> 2015 um and you can find that at live.kickcast.com and we always encourage you to come cuz it's always a fun time in the chat room and you do see things this... that happen before and after yeah we chitter chatter um, on there so that's always good and if you have ideas for sacks of the week or regular projects please send them our way kickcast at ktdata.net or on facebook facebook.com slash kickcast or on twitter at kickcast for the show or at night 20 for that beautiful choreography feed man <laughs> i hate the choreographer <laughs> the ease <laughs> yeah um or 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 me for kt data and you know we, we always love hearing what you guys have to talk about and always pay attention to the social media sites because usually on the day that we're recording an episode you can vote for that third project like this time everybody voted for the so bleep honorable mention to the vertical turntable um on there i think rev mentioned that it, one already exists but i don't think one actually already exists this is the only one that i've seen and another honorable mention, because I almost pulled in the, the strap hat, which I thought was a pretty great project. A, a viewer wanted us to do the strap hat, where it's basically your ball cap with a chin strap. Who wouldn't want that? Yo, bro. <laughs> it's a bro hat. Yep. So, you missed it. All right, guys. We hope you enjoyed the show. And, uh, Drew, do you got anything to plug before we go? Um, you know, little big cast always rocking out and having a good time. We just uh, recorded our episode fifty nine, I think. Mm -hmm. So that's going to be out tomorrow on your iTunes. So make sure you're subscribed to that because we talk about all of our E three wishes and wants, and that's always fun. Other than that, I will be spending some time traveling and running and gunning this year. I haven't done that Ooh, for a little while, fancy. but I've got some fun stuff in the works for me to get out in the world and shoot stuff. Yeah. Oh, speaking of a little bit, cast, you should go watch the two-hour Sony press conference just to see me freak out over the Shenmue Kickstarter. Yes, uh, yes, yeah. you freaked out about that, and then uh, I think Robin freaked out about the Final Fantasy VII remake. Uh, I was geeking out about uh, No Man Be uh, No Land. Was it No Man's Sky? No Man's Sky. Um, that was fun, and then um, it was pretty funny because during Call of Duty, we all just kind of took a snooze. Yeah, everybody like, took hey, a break, hey, and then they all left hey. me to entertain the masses for a good yeah. five ten. That was a fun show. You should definitely <laughs> so, go see that. That was a fun show. Yep. All right, guys. Um, we'll see you in two weeks. Bye bye. Bye. Drop an inch. Eww. Just make sure you don't drop a loaf. Welcome to the show, Loaf Dropping Time. <laughs> Welcome to the Loaf Droppers, the podcast about loaf dropping. <laughs> Joining me today is the Master Loaf. Master Loaf Dropper, welcome. <laughs> Would you like to see my loaf dropping face?
<laughs> now that's a podcast that would go straight into number one, right? That's right. Loaf dropping. 